Reverend Leslie Takahashi says, listen, a wisdom within you calls to a wisdom beyond you. And in that dialogue lies peace. Peace. Part one. My child has watched me for the past several days as I've worked at piecing this sermon together. From fragments of thrown away drafts, he has watched me find momentum, pick up speed, and he has watched me as over and over I've lost hold and watched another message fall back into a pile of incoherent words. He has a really hard time with writing himself. The more I began to worry and panic, the calmer and more tender he became. It is possible that him seeing me struggle will translate into him feeling less shame the next time he finds himself in a similar paralyzed state. Who knows what lessons he will draw from the fact that I was still stabbing at my keyboard as the sun rose this morning. He made me a cup of tea. He fed the dog. And he sat nearby. Peace. Part two. From the book Braiding Sweet Grass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. In the Western tradition, there is a recognized hierarchy of beings with, of course, the human being on top, the pinnacle of evolution, the darling of creation, and the plants at the bottom. But in native ways of knowing, human people are often referred to as the younger brothers of creation. We say that humans have the least experience with how to live and thus the most to learn. We must look at the teachings among the other species for guidance. Their wisdom is apparent in the way that they live. They teach us by example. They've been on the earth far longer than we have been and have had time to figure things out. Imagine if just like that, we could all drop the pretense of expertise. Imagine if we all just wandered out to sit at the foot of a tree or the edge of a pond with no purpose beyond listening and learning from the wisest ones. Peace. Part three. More Vivi is a plant native to Central and South America that I first encountered when I traveled with our youth group to Belize in 2014. It grew all over in that warm part of our world, a delicate feathery vine that is easy to overlook. When you touch it, its open fan-shaped leaves quickly snap closed for protection. Mimosa pudica is its botanical name. I've also heard it called shy plant or sensitive plant. 
Moravivi translates to, I died, I lived. From the moment I was shown this incredible organism, I started searching for it everywhere. I found myself scanning the ground whenever our activities paused during that journey. I would get close to it, and then with the lightest touch I could muster, I would watch as the leaves slowly turned and wrinkled. It fascinated me that this magic plant was spreading out below my feet, that people were brushing past it and didn't even realize they were causing such a cascade of movement. Lauren Katz told me she's seen it growing in New Jersey. I wonder if it feels lost there. What keeps our leaves open? What causes them to close? Take a deep breath. Consider what the world has taught you about the color of your skin, about your gender, your sexuality, your origin story. Think about where you live, about your age, your health. Think about who was there to help you as a child and a young adult. What support were you given? What hurdles did you have to jump? How many of your teachers looked like you? Think about your first job, the people who you've worked for, the people who you've loved, the people who you've lost, your sacred grounds. Peace, part four. Human beings are wired for belonging, writes sexuality educator Don Sarah. The oldest parts of our brain know that our survival depends on being with other human beings. Nearly everything we do deep down is driven by our need to belong. We are also, at this particular moment in time, living inside a variety of dominant systems that above all else want to hoard and maintain power. Systems that most of us were not taught about in school, but that, every, that, that impact every aspect of your lives. White supremacy, capitalism, patriarchy, ableism, colonization, the list goes on. None of us who are alive today created or consented to these systems, but nonetheless, we all either benefit from or suffer under them, sometimes both at the same time. And in our deep drive to belong and as people existing inside of a variety of systems and cultures, we are all biased, openly, closely. The way our systems keep us from understanding our collective power, says Noam Chomsky, is isolating us. You can't fight the world alone. 
human beings are wired for belonging. Peace, part five. This is a really great resource. Several years ago, I read an article in the Los Angeles Times written by Susan Silk and Barry Goldman on an idea called ring theory. The title of the piece was How Not to Say the Wrong Thing. It was not a complicated article. It had a graphic that was hand-drawn. There was a tiny circle in the middle and then rings of circles around it. And there was arrows. Arrows pointing in and arrows pointing out. Dump out, comfort in. That was it. The article begins, when Susan had breast cancer, we heard a lot of lame remarks. But our favorite came from one of Susan's colleagues. She wanted, no, she needed to visit Susan after the surgery. But Susan didn't feel like having visitors, and she said so. And her colleague's response, this isn't just about you. <laughs> it's not, Susan wondered. My breast cancer is not about me. Is it about you? The authors went on to describe another similar example. As I read along, I could think of some of my own. Humans do this. Difficult things happen. We have feelings and needs. And the people around us have feelings and needs, too. We're not great at assessing our own importance at a given moment relative to someone else. Many of us are pretty awkward and untrained when things start getting difficult. Enter ring theory. Here are the rules. The person in the center of the ring can say anything they want, anywhere, anytime. They can kvetch, complain, whine, moan, curse the heavens and say life is unfair and why me? And that is the one payoff of being in the center. Everyone else can say those things too, but only to people in larger rings. When you're talking to a person in a ring smaller than yours, someone closer to the center of the crisis, the goal is to help. Listening is often more helpful than talking. But if you're going to open your mouth, ask yourself if what you're about to say is likely to provide comfort and support. And if it is, say it. And if it isn't, don't. If you want to scream or cry or complain, if you want to tell someone how shocked you are, how icky you feel, or how hard this is for you, that is fine. That's normal. We all have to get those things out. Just do it to someone in a bigger ring. Comfort in, dump out. I cannot tell you how many times ring theory pops in my head whenever a crisis happens. It's like this little zing that reminds me to say, where am I? Who's inside of me? who's outside of me, and positioning yourself in that way, taking that split second to think about where you stand in the context of a situation makes such a massive difference to how you choose to move forward. 
Sometimes I find myself in the outer ring, just receiving the dumps. But that's okay, because what's awesome about this is the movement it offers. Our existence in this world is not a stationary condition. We don't stay in the same place in the context of everyone else. We are constantly moving in and out, depending on what's happening and how it's impacting us and how it's impacting others. So we have to constantly evaluate our position relative to one another. And sometimes we're catching the dumping and sometimes we're dumping it out to others. Sometimes we're in the middle of the circle, but we never stay there. Peace, part six. Reverend Deanna Vandiver writes, Unitarian Universalism is an emergent faith, one that proclaims that revelation is ever unfolding, not sealed and closed. This faith, she says, openly demands a loving heart and a curious mind in order to be in right relationship with our community of beloved souls. I practice Unitarian Universalism because of who I believe we can become by being a people who embrace curiosity and love, who are changed by every new person who walks in our doors, who recognize that right relationship takes work I believe a community committed to that work will have resilience in the face of whatever lies ahead for us in this world. And I recognize that this work often requires us to step back, not forward, to listen and support other voices, to look for other wisdom, to be uncomfortable, to be the awkward novice. Does that sound like your faith? Do you think we're doing okay? How are we pushing one another out of the comfort that we know? How are we taking turns to make sure we all get enough sleep? Listen. A wisdom within you calls to a wisdom beyond you. And in that dialogue, peace.